What happened in this story? Jesus says the kingdom of God. Um, Candles are better than oil candles? Candles are burned in oil candles? They should have just gotten candles. They should have gotten candles. I appreciate your point. Yeah, some double, you know, D batteries would have really helped. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they had the wrong thing altogether. Great insight. Thank you. Sam, is it? Is that right? Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Oh, I have to do the Phil Donahue thing. All right. Well, Bishop, I've learned that in the Jewish tradition, um, obviously oil was a very important item, especially for lighting lamps. But in the Jewish tradition, they also interpreted the oil as good deeds. Mm. And so the foolish virgins weren't just foolish because they didn't have enough oil. They were foolish because they didn't perform enough good deeds mm. in their life for God. And so for them to ask others, share your oil, was like saying, give me your good deeds. And you can't give your good deeds to another person. They have to perform their own. Wow. So that's what made them foolish. Yeah. And understanding why they suffered with the consequences. Thanks. Great. What else did you come up with? Yeah. So similar to what Dennis said, but we talked about being prepared for Jesus. And uh, they were obviously not. And I especially uh, looked at the last line, uh, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Yeah. So that's, you don't know the day or the hour when Christ will be coming back. Yeah, so great. that's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else back here? This was a robust conversation. No? Anything you want to add? I know that there was great wisdom up here, so I'm coming up here. Oh, you have microphones. I'll learn eventually. You have microphones. Um, the be prepared part yeah. was huge, but it was if you're not ready to accept God as your Savior, yeah. then you can't enter the door. You uh, have to be ready with an open heart, open eyes, open mind yeah. to accept God so the door is shut. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? So if oh. I could share, last night we had our... Uh, night worship and praise and as is as is what happens there someone just showed up like you know every week someone just shows up and uh, this young man an african-american man um, he came in and we talked about the Joshua passage there and um, and he said um, that you know there was Joshua was the second generation Moses was the first generation. Mm -hmm. And that generation, the first generation, had come out of slavery. Mm -hmm. And they could not imagine what it was like to be free. Mm -hmm. They always defaulted to ways of captivity mm -hmm. because their imagination was mm -hmm. just stuck in captivity. Mm -hmm. But this whole new generation that God raised uh, and I have always believed there are two two ways to um, to do this, right? You can do it with the model in the book of Numbers, or you can do it with the model that Jesus gave us. And the model of the book of Numbers is you don't get it, you keep walking. 
right? Mm -hmm. Till you get it. Mm -hmm. And you walk for 40 years and what happens when a whole generation fades and the next one who does not have an experience of captivity mm. actually takes charge and has greater imagination mm -hmm. and appreciation for the promise. Mm -hmm. So we have there in that man, and it was so, to me, stunning that this guy, a young 28-year-old African-American said, uh, that is what Jesus has given us. Mm. Jesus has given us the freedom to actually imagine yeah. Yeah. life in a free way. Yeah. And I find that absolutely inspiring. I left that place last night going, that is it. Sometimes we are just so in captivity that we haven't experienced the message of Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't force us to do anything, right? Uh, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. But he has given us the choice. He has given us the glimpse of freedom. It is ours to use it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Anything else? Yeah. Sure. Adrian, his name, and he came in by himself. First thing he said when he went over and I sat, he sat in the first table and I went over for a minute to talk to him. First he said, well, I found you on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I said, fabulous. He lives in Stratford and he said he, he mentioned a church that I didn't um, know of, mm -hmm. but he said, um, you know, it's only 10 minutes here. And he said, the minute I walked in, I felt the love. Mm -hmm. I cry a lot. So I, I got, I got choked up. And then I sat there for a minute and he, mm -hmm. he goes, you just showed me by getting choked up. Like this mm -hmm. young man had like 50 years mm -hmm. um, wisdom. Mm -hmm. And then he asked to, mm -hmm. when it was time to bless the food, he wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was just all so mm -hmm. touching. Mm -hmm. And he gave me his, his email, so you know I'm going to make sure he comes back. Okay. <laughs> I trust that you will. <laughs> you know, that's such a profound story. And I think it, that actually has exactly to do with what Jesus is talking about. I think sometimes we get really, um, I don't know, it's more like a reality show. Uh, it, we hear stories like this in scripture where it's like, will they get in or won't they get in, right? And then after those foolish bridesmaids are sent, it would be like another where they go and they have their exit interview, right? And they talk about what was it like to get kicked off the island of Jesus in the kingdom of God. But I don't think that's what Jesus is after here. You know, Jesus doesn't say, this is how I will treat you. Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is how it goes, folks. This is what it means to be living our lives in relationship with God, always expecting God to show up. That's the difference between the wise and, and the foolish, right? The only thing that made, as I said, the only thing that made the wise wise and the foolish foolish is that they all fell asleep. If they had all stayed awake, even the foolish would have looked at their torches and said, I should get to the store before it closes because I'm going to run out of oil. I thought the bridegroom was going to be here three hours ago, but it's, it's nearing midnight. I should probably go get oil, right? 
The wise were only wise in retrospect. They had oil with them, so when they woke up, they were fine. Oh, it's still burning, and I got plenty more. So the difference between the wise and the foolish is, do you expect God to show up at any point, and will you be able to see Jesus when Jesus does show up? Not just at the end of time, but today. Are you going to wake up today and live your entire moment-by-moment existence expecting that at any moment Jesus Christ will be standing in front of you? And I think that's what happened last night. I think that's what happened last night, is that that young man, for whatever reason, expected that God would be here, expected that Jesus would greet him, expected that it would be a vision of the kingdom of God so that when he saw it, he could name it and see it. Say, this is what it feels like when we are in community with one another. And you expected it too. That's the tears. We don't cry for things we don't care about. We cry because the Holy Spirit is moving in us and our hearts are strangely warmed, as scripture tells us. And we say, oh, did we not know that our hearts burned within us. That's what the the disciples say on the road to Emmaus. They didn't know it was Jesus until after Jesus had left, and they were like, oh, we should have known our hearts were warmed, just like it was when he was with us. They weren't expecting Jesus to show up. They didn't look for Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus until Jesus had actually already gone. So I think the, the story that Jesus is giving us in this scripture from Matthew today, is not about whether or not we'll open the door, right? I I could take a poll and say, which one of you would have opened up the door, right? I don't think that's about, I don't think that's the story here. I think we'd be missing looking for Jesus if we were so concerned about the door. I think it's about our readiness, our preparation, and our invitation. Jesus, what are your stocks of oil, friends? What are your stocks of oil, So that when it does take time, when you thought God was going to show up and God didn't, or you couldn't find God, or you were still waiting and saying, God, how long, oh Lord, how long? You got the oil. That's how it it matters to God. How much we love God and how much God loves us is what matters. And how we practice that That's what makes us ready, right? When we come together like this in community, that makes us ready. When we gather around this table and break one bread, that's what makes us ready. When we pray every God, God, every day, God, help me to see today. Friends, the question isn't, will God show up? The question is, will we see God when God does? Because God is faithful, and God is always present. And so let the invitation from Jesus be to each one of us today. Ready, friends. Stay ready. Do whatever you need to do to fill those stocks of oil to the brim and overflowing. So that in that moment, when somebody walks in the door, or we're in line at the store, we're in the hallway at school that can feel sometimes like the last place on earth God would show up. It's when we're in those places 
when we have practiced every day expecting, God, show me where you are today. Show me the kingdom of God, not at some other time, but today in this hard life I'm living, show me something of your kingdom. If we practice that every day when we don't need it, we'll have it when we do. And we'll be standing face to face with Jesus, and Jesus will not say, I do not know you, right? Jesus will say, hello, old friend. Come in. I've got a party. Amen. See what happens when you sing shine on Jesus, shine? <laughs> you got me preaching like a Baptist preacher. I'm so, so happy. <laughs> okay. What happens now? Okay. Back to being an Episcopalian, so let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's affirm our faith. We believe in one God, God the Father, the, the Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven, of heaven and earth. 